0: on today's episode of the Elder Law Coach Podcast. I have had the clients come in before and they are so stressed out, so worried that they're going to lose everything that they're not listening to you. And so in those situations, I would jump to the end and say, Ms. Jones, I can tell that you're stressed. I can tell that you are very worried about this. Over the next 30 to 40 minutes, I'm going to go through this process and I'm going to show you how we can protect everything. Welcome
1: to the Elder Law Coach Podcast, where you'll get the information you need to really help seniors lower your work stress, improve your work life balance, and make a good living. Your hosts are certified elder law attorney, Todd Whatley, and his co-host, Sarah Scott. They're here to help you do just that. Join us today as we discuss hot topics in elder law and topics to help you help our seasoned citizens and their families. Here's your Elder Law Coach podcast hosts, licensed nursing home administrator, Sarah Scott and Todd Whatley.
2: Well, hello and welcome, everyone, to the Elder Law Coach podcast. My name is Sarah Scott, and I am your co-host today, alongside the Elder Law Coach himself, Mister Todd Watley.
0: Hey, Sarah, thank you so much. Hey. Uh, so the podcast has taken on a life. It's it's mm-hmm. um, we've had a considerable amount of downloads lately and i i think it's the topic you know yeah. the um capacity one was very popular and i've done uh two different podcasts the last two was on just the the facts the law on married medicaid spin down and then i did a um single medicaid spin down and um we talked about powers of attorney. And yeah. Those are all huge issues.
2: They are incredibly important, especially to our practicing elder law attorneys. And mm-hmm. we are delighted to bring you another episode today where we're going to really dissect how to present to your clients the married couple's Medicaid application process and spin down so that they will believe you they will take your advice and hopefully help save a huge part if not all of their estate and still get their spouse who needs nursing home care qualified for medicaid to pay for those services
0: yeah and if you have not listened to episode 17 you should because that is where i present the facts of the married medicaid spin down you know just the facts and you You may have gone through that. You should have gone through that thinking, man, how do I present this to the client? Mm -hmm. So that I and the trick is when I've trained all of my attorneys in my office, we always get to this point once they get through this and they know it. They tend to give too much information. Yeah. They know it, they want to share it, and they just start going off and, you know, just saying all this stuff, and it can overwhelm the client, number one, or there are some clients that you give them so much information, mm-hmm. they think they can go do it themselves, right. and that. Sometimes they can, very few times they can. Usually they go off and they mess something up and it gets screwed up. And typically they're mad at you because they did, quote, what you told them to. No, you messed up this and this and this. And that's why you did not get approved. And it's six months down the road and they owe the nursing home six months worth of nursing home payments. And they've lost a whole lot of money and they're mad and frustrated and But you you also, on the flip side, you need to give them enough information so that they know that this is complicated. It is something that they need to hire you for. And that's the the point of today's podcast.
2: Well, it is. And I just want to say that I think that the way that this information is presented to the clients should be simplified enough in order for a non-attorney person in your office like me mm-hmm. to be able to speak to them in, you know, layman's terms and simplify it enough, but also help them understand how truly complicated it is mm-hmm. and how important it is, mm-hmm. why they should. Hire a professional to help make sure everything is done exactly the way it should be. And so, yeah, we're going to help kind of walk you through that today.
0: Yeah, so you're, you're skirting the line between too much information and not enough information. Mm-hmm. And, and so hopefully today we can go through this and and explain to you how to do that. And you can present this and and get hired. Um, I did this just recently, one of my brand new coaching clients, it was her first month actually. And she's like, Todd, I've got this really, I think it's a really good married Medicaid case. And I've not gone through your training yet. I know basically the rules, but I've not gone through your training. They're going to be here Friday. And this was like Tuesday and I was like, okay, here we go. And so I basically went through this and that's one of the sparks for this podcast was people need to know this. And so I went through this with her and told her exactly what to do, how to present it and the fee. And she called me Friday saying it worked. They hey. they hired me. It was beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So, Aww. all right. So this works best with some, drawings. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so this is a podcast and you can't see it, but I do this either on a um, notebook piece of paper or ideally have a whiteboard Mm -hmm. in your room so that you can go through and draw this. So as we go through this, I will tell you in the upper left, upper right, down the middle, whatever, visualize this and ideally have a piece of paper in front of you so that you can draw this out and it presents very well, and I have to give original credit to Tim Takus out of Hendersonville, Tennessee. He is a, a founding, I think, one of the founding um, certified elder law attorneys in the country. And, and he offered for people to come spend some time with him. He would teach them what to do. I learned this method from him mm-hmm. twenty-three years ago and it still works. Yeah. Okay. So
2: <clears throat> And you taught that to me. Yes. And I use it on a regular basis as well. And it, it is foolproof.
0: Right. So when you sit down with a client, they come in, they're stressed, they're worried about you know their their spouse is going into the nursing home. And um, they are concerned about it and they are scared that they are going to lose everything. And so you try to not spill the beans too early, but you also want them to listen to you. And I have had the clients come in before and they are so stressed out, so worried that they're going to lose everything that they're not listening to you. And so in those situations, I would jump to the end and say, Miss Jones, I can tell that you're stressed. I can tell that you are very worried about this. Over the next 30 to 40 minutes, I'm going to go through this process and I'm going to show you how we can protect everything. Mm -hmm. Her eyes will get big. She will look at you and say, but that's... shake
2: her head. Yeah, Uh she's like,
0: no, that's not what I've been told. I'm like, well, I'm the attorney. Or Sarah says, Todd knows what he's talking about. And I promise you, these are the rules we do this all day every day and trust me forget everything else you've been told yeah. and listen to us let me go through this and that calms her down mm-hmm. and she will then listen to you because you have good news for her and yeah. so i probably do that about half of the time mm-hmm. you know to say miss jones please listen to me i know your stress i have good news okay yeah all right so You get their facts from them, you have all of their assets, all their income, you have the um, cost of care, the cost of the nursing home, and you will then go through this process of presenting to them, and and I will tell them, Ms. Jones, as a married person, Medicaid's going to look at all of your assets, okay? They will look at everything, but Mm -hmm. then there are these things called non-countable assets. And so in the upper left-hand corner of your board or paper, you write the home, household furnishings, one vehicle, prepaid burial, And then in your state, if the IRAs are not countable, you can put those up there, okay? Put whichever spouse's IRAs or both sometimes that are not countable, Mm -hmm. okay? So you list those, and then I put it in the very upper left-hand corner, and I put a box around it Mm -hmm. so that I say this box means these are non-countable assets. So they will look at everything, but then these assets are not counted, Okay, got it. Then I say everything else gets counted, everything else. And then in the remainder of your board at the top, I write whatever that number is. And every now and then you will have clients that are kind of cagey. And they don't want to give you their numbers. And I always tell them I can give you very specific advice if you will give me very specific numbers. But if you don't want to do that, that's fine. And I always start I like the number of 200 because 200 is a number where each spouse gets 100 and you can easily spend $98,000 for the institutionalized spouse and show that being spent. But ideally use their number and say, your countable assets are this, write that at the top, okay? Then To the right of that, in the upper right-hand corner of this page, you're going to write snapshot date. Because if the person is not in the nursing home, it is absolutely crucial that you make clear to them, we only start doing this after the snapshot date.
2: Well, and one point that I like to always make is because – Most, well, at least half of the time in meeting with these families, um, they are not yet in the nursing home. Maybe dad is in the hospital and the hospital case managers are talking about discharging dad next week to a skilled nursing facility. So they know that, at least for the first little bit, dad's care in the skilled nursing portion of the facility is going to be covered by Medicare So they've got a little bit of time, but dad's not quite there yet. And so they think, oh, we can move all this money around before dad actually goes into long-term care. And what's important to make clear to them is that even though the snapshot date is day one in the facility, there is a look-back period of five years from the snapshot date. So if they've waited until the week until dad goes into the nursing home to start trying to move money around and take his name off of accounts, they can do that, but it's going to probably come with a penalty, and it's going to be considered anyway. So don't scramble around until we actually have to. Yeah,
0: and just on a, a very specific legal point, please understand, if it matters, the the snapshot date can, and check your state, but the... Both states I work in, the the snapshot date can go back to the first day in the hospital. I typically don't count on that. It just makes more sense. And there's not a whole lot of money that is spent between the first day in the hospital and the first day in the nursing home. Mm -hmm. So just to be easier and to not freak out the case worker for the state is we use the first day in the nursing home. And that is typically I've... I've had one case where that did matter, but it's very unique situation, okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you then, <clears throat> with this number, you say, on this snapshot date, we have this number, and then I draw an arrow kind of angling down to the left, and for me, that's always the community's spouse number. And then I do, on the other end of this big number at the top— Down to the right, I do the institutionalized spouse, and I write that number. So you have to know the rules. If it is 200, then each spouse gets 100. But going back to episode 17, you will know what that actual number is, and you write those numbers when i write the community spouse number i always put a circle around it and say this is protected these assets wherever they are right now be it a cd or bank account or real estate that is not their home if it's a membership lot for a you know community or if it's the the house trailer or, or the the boat the uh, the lake house then you can put that over there and say, we get to keep this where it sits right now, but this is protected. And then I go back over to the institutionalized spouse's side. I draw an arrow all the way to the bottom of the board with an arrow sign and put your state number. Typically, that's 2,000. In some states, it's 5,000. Whatever that number is that they've got to spend down to, you you write that number, okay? And that very clearly illustrates spin down because you're pointing down, we're starting at this big number and we've got to get, in my state, under $2,000. So therefore, you can now start writing all these things, okay? So once that's done, I'll typically stop and say, I'm not through, but do you understand how we got here and clarify any questions? And typically, they'll say, "Yeah, that makes sense." I say, "Okay, so we've got to get from this big number under the institutionalized spouse down to two thousand dollars. How do we do that?"
2: Well, I think it's time to take a little break. So enjoy this message from our wonderful sponsors. Do you have clients who are over resourced for Medicaid? but interested in accelerating Medicaid eligibility while preserving their assets. Your clients may want to consider purchasing a Medicaid-compliant annuity MCA. MCAs are specialized insurance solutions offered by only a handful of insurance companies. To learn more about MCAs, reach out to Amber Hines at ASHBUR. ASHBUR is a nationally licensed organization that helps clients achieve Medicaid eligibility through the use of MCAs. ASHBUR hosts monthly educational webinars pertaining to various Medicaid planning topics. To learn more, visit ashbur.com or call 888-441-1595.
1: You're listening to The Elder Law Coach Podcast. Now, back to your hosts, Licensed Nursing Home Administrator Sarah Scott and Todd Watley.
0: I'm not through, but do you understand how we got here? And clarify any questions. And typically they'll say, yeah, that makes sense. I say, okay, so we've got to get from this big number under the institutionalized spouse down to $2,000. How do we do that? Mm -hmm. Ask them, is there anything you can do? And typically... Sarah, you've probably seen this. It's the kids who answered that question more than the parents. Yeah, yeah. It's like, lying. Mom, you need new carpet. Yeah, you, that carpet's perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. No, Mom, get new carpet. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. Or you've got to build a ramp. Yeah. Or you've got to fix the back porch. That those stairs are way too dangerous. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. So having the kids in this meeting. Or at least having permission to talk to them (laughs) later is a really good idea. I
0: always like it when they're like, Mom, please paint that that orange or whatever, you know, nineteen sixties, eighties, whatever. It's like Mom, please if you can spend money on paint, would you please do it? Because that bedroom is god awful, you know. Mm -hmm. So it's it does bring up interesting. Conversations between the kids, but it's typically the kids who say, Mom, please update this yeah. or change that out or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then we go down to household furnishings. Yeah. You know, how old is your washer and dryer? How old is your refrigerator? And remember... The huh? The
2: AC. The AC.
0: Uh, talk about that, that if you can decrease their... If you can buy higher efficiency appliances, you can decrease their monthly expenditure, which is basically a pay raise for them because they are going to be set at a specific income level and they get to keep more. And so that will encourage them to go buy a washer and dryer, refrigerator, whatever, heat and air. Yeah.
2: Another point I do want to make before we start talking about the rest of the spin down is that whenever you're showing this illustration and showing what the community spouse gets to keep, I like to start from the very beginning and let them know that the community spouse's income, they get to keep that. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so yeah. I like to start making that point at the very beginning, especially if I know from that big number up at the top, from the snapshot date, that we're most likely going to be doing an annuity mm-hmm. because that's how I kind of s- plant the seed for later Mm -hmm. explaining to them how that annuity is legit and how Mm -hmm. that actually works.
0: Yeah. Sometimes that is her biggest fear is typically it's, if it's the woman not in the nursing home, the man is, her income is typically very low. Mm -hmm. His is very high. And Mm -hmm. she's like, I know all of his income goes to the nursing home. Well, Mm -hmm. that's, that is the first rule. But the second rule is you get to have at least X number of dollars per month. Right. And I then say if I'm like you and I see that we are going to be doing an annuity, I'm like, well, you're going to get to keep your income. We're going to get your income much higher. You're not going to keep any of his initially. Just stick with me and I'll explain why that is and just a second, but don't panic on me because you are going to have plenty of income.
2: And it's also a good idea to write somewhere, you know, on this illustration, nursing home per month equals $7,000 in pretty big, bold letters so that that sticks with them. And no matter what the information is that you have to give them, they keep seeing that and it's it's clear okay no matter if if i do nothing i'm paying 7 grand a month
0: right very good point you want to use that number because your fee is probably going to be based on a time you know a number of nursing home months 1 2 or 3 okay and so very good point sarah write that on there somewhere and they will typically ask During this process of this spin down, it's like, well, how quick should I do this? Well, the quicker you do it, the less times you've got to pay this X dollars per month for Mm -hmm. the nursing home. And if you keep, you know, like here locally, it's. Seven thousand bucks a month. Okay, that's just the the standard nursing home bill. If it's ten thousand where you are, or twelve thousand, or fifteen thousand, use that number as many times as you can because mm-hmm. you want that into their mind. Yeah, and actually forgot to say this when I first have the community spouse number and the institutional spouse's number. A really good technique is to say, okay, you've got to spend this much money. Yeah. This amount of money would pay for X number of months worth of nursing home care, and so Mm -hmm. have your assistant or you, if you're by yourself, get the calculator, divide three three hundred eighty five thousand by seven thousand, and come up with how many months that is, because Mm -hmm. that's what the nursing home's going to tell them. That's what DHS is going to tell them. You you should spend this money on the nursing home and it's going to be 27 months or 18 months or whatever that number is, write that number on the board to Mm -hmm. say with this much money, you can pay for this many months worth of nursing home before you qualify for Medicaid.
2: Yeah. And I can guarantee you that at least 75 to 80% of nursing homes and DHS workers uh-huh. will not say, you can actually save this money and not pay us. Mm-hmm. I mean, the nursing home's not going to say that, and the state is certainly not going to say, oh, why don't we just help you save $200,000 and let us start footing your bill? Yeah. You know, so yeah, they, don't. Just, they, they don't say that.
0: Right. Okay. So we've done the mortgage, the house repairs, fix-up the household furnishings that's mm-hmm. fixed now we move on to the car mm-hmm. and say Miss Jones you're probably going to be driving to the nursing home every single day to go visit him you need a new car mm-hmm. or do you need a new car and she's like no it's 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 only got 40,000 miles on it but it could be a or B 10 years old, which mm-hmm. means if the transmission goes out, if something breaks, she's got to spend her money on it. Yeah. So Ms. Jones, let's trade that in and get a new car with a warranty that you don't have to worry about spending anything on this car for at least the next three years, five years, if you do an extended warranty. Let's. You've got to spend it on something. So why don't we spend it on this new car? And sometimes they'll, I, I'd say probably 50, 50, 50, they're like, no, I just don't want a new car. Okay, fine. Don't yeah. fight with them and say, okay, fine. You've you've brought it up. you suggested it. They don't want to do it. Fine. But a lot of times, and again, it's the kids. It's like, mom, really need you need ahead. to go get a new car. Here's you, your chance. You've always wanted. I had one guy it was him putting his wife in, and he had always wanted this big fancy truck. Mm-hmm. It was like an $80,000 truck. Yeah. And, I thought, he'll never do that. And the son was like, Dad, he just said, we can buy one vehicle. It doesn't matter the price. Go buy that anything. And his eyes lit up, and I think he went and did it. He spent a chunk of change on this truck he's always wanted, and he was a happy guy.
2: It was funny. Not too long ago, um, I was doing a meeting like this, um, doing the illustration with a married couple. And afterwards, I came in. Todd was a couple rooms over from me and he said did you just tell the client that they could buy a righteous vehicle? <laughs> and I'm like I don't think so. It ended up being reliable. Reliable but, but I heard the righteous. the walls and the doors and
0: everything. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no Sarah. but
2: if you want to use righteous you can do that too. You Sounds can. like that guy got a pretty righteous truck. He did. <laughs> okay so vehicle home furnishings. Prepaid burial. Now
0: prepaid burial. Now tell them to go get their burial paid. It's got to be paid at some point anyway, so Mm -hmm. let's just do it now. Just go to their funeral home now. Check with your state, but I can almost guarantee you they're going to require that that be an irrevocable burial contract. No cash value. No cash value. It's irrevocable, and typically at the bottom of that contract is a Box that they can check or there's an initial there's something typically at the bottom that says if you initial or check Mm -hmm. whatever this becomes irrevocable Mm -hmm. it it has to be irrevocable for the state to see it as no longer cash Mm -hmm. now be careful in oklahoma their state law says that a burial contract is revocable i it's at least 10 days, if not 30 days. I mm. think it's 30 days. Even if you mark irrevocable by law, it is revocable for 30 days. So therefore, it's still a countable asset. Yeah. So we can't do immediate qualification if part of their spend down is on a burial plan, because mm. it is still countable cash. So we just tell our clients if that's a huge part of their spend down and required and and helps get them qualified it's like well we've got to wait 30 days because this is still countable
2: right right
0: so if, no go ahead oh go ahead.
2: well if they do have a, <clears throat> excuse me if they do have a revocable um, many times i've found that if they go back to the funeral home mm-hmm. and explain to them why they need it to be irrevocable, Mm -hmm. they'll work with them. Yeah. They'll just
0: redo the contract and just make it irrevocable. All right. So now we're, we're through the, the things you can spend money on. Mm -hmm. And now I'll say, okay, so, um, if you're there, if, if you have spent everything down to that bottom number, you know, you're kind of done to say, look, you know, we're there, you've, we've protected all of this money by buying non countable assets. You also want to leave room in there for your fee, okay? Whatever your fee is, I would not charge less than one month's worth of nursing home care, if not a, a month and a half or two. And sometimes if it's a really complicated case or if you're protecting hundreds of thousands of dollars, I don't think it's un ethical to charge three, because Mm -hmm. if you're saving a lot of money, their money, you know, that initial number that you write up there could easily be 25 or 30 or 35 months. And if you're just charging three months Mm -hmm. to protect 30 months, that's a great deal. Yeah. Okay. It's a big check for them to write, but they're going to be writing big checks every month until you get through this process.
2: I have a question. Okay. Um, Let's say you give, you quote them a fee based Mm -hmm. on information that they give you in this initial meeting and it seems pretty cut and dry. Mm -hmm. And then when they start gathering documents, they find that dad has little pieces of interest in all these family Mm -hmm. properties, like the case we had, Mm -hmm. is it, is it a good idea for you to say, okay, okay. Based on the information you gave me today, I would quote you this fee. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: However, if more things turn up, there might be an increase.
0: Well, you have to be careful with that because, you know, people don't trust lawyers. Okay. It's a fact. And it's not, that's not an implication against you individually. It's just the profession. And so... Yes. I will tell them, look, when you came in, you told me this, and now it's this. We need to renegotiate our fee. But I am very, very unlikely to do that. Yeah, I quote my fee high enough that it'll, some cases we do really well, and there's some cases we don't do very well. Mm -hmm. We we may actually lose money on a $15,000 fee. But... That's part of the game. Yeah. I'm, I'm very careful not to raise my fee. But it, yeah. if they discover a lot more assets yeah. or it's it's going to be very time intensive, you know, like with deeds, sure, you can always bring it up, but I would be very careful.
2: Okay, gotcha. okay.
0: So you've gone through this process. So if, if you've not spent all of your money, whatever's left over goes into that Medicaid qualifying annuity. And I, I mentioned that in... Episode 17, I'm going to do a podcast just on that pretty soon with Amber Gwynn, and she will explain that extremely well, and there will be one whole podcast on that. But the remaining money goes into that Medicaid qualifying annuity and then shoots over to the community spouse. So you're through this, and you say, See, we are able to protect everything that you have, okay?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: and hmm um, And – The other thing that you're probably not asking is my fee, okay? My fee comes out of this institutionalized spouse's column, and so part of this spend down can be my fee. Now, without me, you go back to that top with that very initial number, without me and without understanding this process, you're going to spend this money for X number of months worth of nursing home, and you hope it's more than 10, okay, five or 10 or whatever, and you say, look, in instead of paying for 27 months, pay me two months and I'll do this for you. I'll do the application. We'll, we will deal with the state. The state calls us, not you, and we shepherd this thing from start to finish, okay? We will come up with this plan. Once you get home and start looking through this, what we just discussed may not be actually what happens. That's okay. We can flow with it. Just... I will walk you through this. We will get him qualified. We will do the application. We will follow this through the process. And the key word there is the state will call us, not you. They love that. Mm -hmm. They don't want to deal with the state. They don't want to deal with the nursing home regarding finances. They will hire you to have you answer the phone calls rather than them.
2: Well, and you're also going between from what the state says to what we do and relaying that to the nursing home as well. So they don't have to do anything with the state or the nursing home besides telling the nursing home, this is my elder law attorney, he's handling mom's Medicaid case, Mm -hmm. contact him.
0: Good point. And you say, my fee is, rather than you paying 27 months, you pay me two months, which is $15,000, and we do it. And I, I have had... People go to other attorneys who claim to do Medicaid or whatever and quote them the very same fee and they tell them, oh, my God, that's too expensive. I'm going to go somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And they come to me and I quote them the very same fee and they're like, that makes total sense.
2: Because you explain it to
0: them. And I relate it to how much they're going to spend. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm showing value from the Pretty much first thing out of my mouth is saying, you're going to pay this many months. Your nursing home is $7,500 a month or $10,000. You say that enough times that it's not obnoxious, but it's there. And then at the end, it's like, you only owe me two months worth of nursing home care and huh? they will hire you. Bing. Bingo.
2: There you go. All right.
0: All right. I hope that helps. This is my favorite case. This is my favorite thing that I do every day, because you're bringing so much value to a family, you're decreasing their, their stress level, you're counteracting a lot of things they've been told, and you bring them really good news. Yeah. You know, they're super excited because they get to keep everything and they will gladly pay you a very handsome fee to do that because you are providing that much value.
2: Yeah. And the- the more you do it, the easier it gets for you. The less time you spend equals more money.
0: The coaching client that I talked about at the beginning, she she charged twelve, which I thought was low. But I said you need to at least charge twelve, and she said, "Todd, I had to practice saying that <laughs> so many times yeah. prior to the meeting." She said it it did not come out of my mouth very easy. She yeah. said twelve thousand just would not come out. She said I practiced, I practiced, I practiced. In the meeting, I said, and I'm, and I said, you precede that with only, I am only charging you $12,000 to do this. And she said, I did it with practice. It came out and they're like, yeah, great. Let's do it. Yeah. And she said, I'm just amazed. So
2: if you present it the right way, they're not going to balk at paying you your fee.
0: Yep. So if you have questions, please email me, Todd at theodorlawcoach.com. I would love to talk to you about it. If you have just specific questions, please do not hesitate to reach out to me. And always, if You would like to do this all day, every day and feel good about it. I would love for you to be in my coaching and we can work together for a year and get you up to speed and get you doing this every day and have absolutely the best job in the world.
2: Awesome. Thank you so much for imparting your wisdom yet (laughs) again on another excellent episode of The Elder Law Coach. This is Sarah Scott and Todd Watley. Thank y'all so much for listening. Please share this information with your uh, fellow attorneys or um, anybody staff. that you think can. Yeah, your staff, anybody that you think can use this information to help improve the overall process of practicing elder law.
0: Thank y'all. Bye.
1: You've been listening to Todd Whatley and Sarah Scott on The Elder Law Coach Podcast. Thanks for listening. If you want more information on Todd's coaching program to help you learn elder law and grow your practice, contact him at Todd at The Elder Law Coach or visit the website theelderlawcoach.com.